What an honor, what a privilege tonight, have a, uh, being a church that raises up disciples, to have disciples, men in the house of God that want to preach the gospel, want to do something for the Lord. So tonight we're privileged tonight to have two of our own, uh, going to give us a shot tonight, 15, 20 minutes apiece. So we've got Ryan come first and Ray second. Let's give him a hand as he comes. Yeah. Amen. That's uh, <laughs> it being at uh, Prescott, having an opportunity to go to Prescott Conference um, this last January, it was amazing to see the vision on the uh, on the wall there. You know, one of them make disciples. So when Pastor said that, it reminded me of that. Um, so I, I appreciate you, Pastor, for you know taking that heart of of your pastor, Pastor Greg, and the heart of of you know Pastor Wayman Mitchell to continue that on. It's uh, very much appreciated appreciated rather uh, my wife and I have only been here in the fellowship a little over a year and uh, it's it's that vision that that people have you know without vision men perish the Bible says and it, it's amazing to see you see it in organizations it's uh, it's talked about I read it in a school book recently it talks about mission and vision so if you don't have it you know you fail if people can't see the vision you can have a vision and then not communicate it and people fail, you know, you'll, your whole, organ, whole organization will just crumble, you know, if, if you can't communicate that vision. So I'm thankful to not only have that vision, but to come into it so fast, within a few days, within a couple weeks, and my wife and I be able to like, oh, that's the vision, okay, let's go. Hey, well, I reach on Saturday, let's do it. Has nothing to do with all with all I was gonna say. <laughs> nothing in my notes, but, but it, it, is, it is absolutely true. It's so accurate. So we'll get into the scripture, I'm looking at John, and I thank you, Pastor, for that opportunity to be up here. So looking at St. John, the 20th chapter, verse 19. So it reads, Then the same day at evening, beginning the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I thank you, Lord, for the heart of our pastor to disciple us men, Lord. We don't take that for granted, Lord, and I just ask, Lord, through the power of your spirit, Lord, by your Holy Ghost, Lord, that you use me tonight, Lord, to speak what you'll have me to speak. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 I want to look tonight at, um, believe it or not, not unbelief, but God's unconditional love tonight. It's just really on my heart. There's been times in 10 years of being saved that, you can trip up, get tripped up by looking into the world or looking at what other people have said about things, look at what other people say about God, yet you know God, it's tangible, as Pastor talked on prayer today, we, you spend time, there's that relationship that you have with God and that communion, but yet you can unintentionally 
have situations arise at work or whatever where, where something happens and somebody will say something about your God. You know, I heard a guy the other day, he said, well, they better, better be praying to whatever God they have. You know, and I was like, well, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, the right God, and, you know, we could go there. But the point is, is not everybody has the same God we have. And sometimes people's gods are just the nature of this world, the things in there. So we're looking at God's unconditional love. And you see, Thomas said, he said, I will not believe. So what we're going to look at is Thomas made a condition. He, he said, I will not believe in this, 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 and this happened. He made a condition. He told him, he said, unless, unless I, I put my hands there, I will not believe. And a lot of times we look at it as like, oh, doubting Thomas. Well, he wasn't there. You know, if you read the, the story, not saying that maybe he, need, he needs a pass, but all the other disciples were there. And they looked at him and said, oh, oh we believe, Lord. Amen. It, we just read it. So they were there. Thomas was not there. The Bible records he was not there. So then when Jesus came back eight days later, there's two things that are amazing to me. First of all, the Lord met him where he was. He met him in the place of like, oh, you say you want to leave? And he wasn't even there. So we've had testimonies of that where we've spoken things out loud that, well, God, I'm not going to do this unless you do this. We not necessarily say it. We may even say it out loud, maybe even unanswered prayers. We may have just, the Lord heard our cry in a situation, and, and now he's, he's answering a, a call to what we may have just spoken out loud. So we see here Thomas, he was like, oh, I'm not, he, met, he made conditions. So we think of God's unconditional love. Here we have, we want to talk first about man's conditions. And we see multiple times in our world, but even in scripture, where man has made conditions for what God is going to do in his life. We see that for Thomas. Now, Thomas was fortunately met by mercy and Jesus said, okay, here, touch, okay, now, hey, don't believe. And he told him, greater is they that don't see me and believe than you. We see it with the, uh, the Roman centurion. He said, hey, you don't have to go to my house. Just speak the word only. The Roman centurion set the tone or the pace or the course for his servant's healing. Jesus didn't say, no, 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 you know, actually it's too far away. I don't know if I really want to go. I, how about I just speak? Jesus didn't say that. The Roman centurion said, no, no, don't worry about coming. Just speak the word. So what are we talking about? He set that condition for his servant's healing. The one with the issue of blood. I don't believe that she was, would, would have made that her final option or her first option rather. Like, hey, that's okay. I'll just touch him. I'm pretty sure it was like, it, we can see in, in scripture, in the context of scripture, there was a crowd. There was a lot going on there. So it's like, okay, I may not be able to sit down and have dinner with him, explain everything that's going on here and get my healing, but if I can just touch the hem of his garment. So she set that condition. She set that pace to what's, what's going on there. So it's just amazing to see in the way that, that in our life that we live that a lot of times we look at the way men set conditions. We see it on outreach sometimes. Well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to serve God until this, 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 and this. Mr. Bob and I, what, three, four months ago, the guy said, until I get out of the military, I'll serve God when I get out of the military. Well, he set that condition for when he's going to serve God. It's a, it's a very dangerous, <laughs> very dangerous, and we'll, we'll, we'll see that as well. Um, we'll look next at God's conditions, God's conditions. So we read in Exodus 12, it says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out a, and take lambs for yourself according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. You will take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the door, two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you this this is just amazing scripture to me in, in life and some may wonder why um, for me I'll, I'll explain it 
Obviously, it's a foreshadow of the blood of Jesus and the covenant. You know, our Passover lamb, that we accept the blood of Jesus Christ, and that curse passes over us. So that's, that's number one. But there's another aspect to it that's very interesting, because those individuals had a choice. They said, go sacrifice. Go sacrifice a lamb. So sacrifice is not easy to the human flesh. So that some could think, here we go again, another sacrifice, huh? But it was for their benefit. It was because a plague was coming to Egypt. There was the only way to get out of there. We saw where multiple times Moses spoke to Pharaoh, let my people go, let my people go. Plagues, 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 plagues. God, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He said, I'm not going to let your people go. Okay, here comes the, the, the final straw, I guess, the, 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 the one that's going to take you all out and, and destroy you all. But I have provisions for his people. God had provisions. God has provisions for us. And so when we, we look at that, it's amazing scripture because we have a choice. We can be under the covenant of, of Jesus. We can accept his blood for our salvation, but then we could step outside of that house. We could step outside of God's covering and be unprotected. But yet God has made conditions. God has made provision for us in that. And so it's just interesting to see. We'll look at a few other examples. Think about when I, I mentioned the woman with the issue of the blood or the Roman centurion. Here you have Jesus put spit in the guy's eyes for him to be um, healed. He was blind, and Jesus set the condition. He said, all right, well, go let me spit in your eyes. And so a lot of times it's like, well, I don't like that, Jesus. So man wants their conditions. You know, man wants to, to say, okay, let's do it this way, God. How about unless, unless I actually see your side and, I, and you put my finger in, in your side, then I'll believe. We want our conditions, but when God does it his way, it's like, ah, I don't, I don't know about that, God. Spit in the eyes. Spit in the eyes. I don't like that one. The, the cool thing about speaking the word, because the Roman centurion said it, that was pretty cool. I don't know about the spit in the eyes. So it's amazing how sometimes in this world that we, even as believers in Christ, we can look at man's conditions and somehow think and justify that as being the right way or the right choice. But when God does it, it's like, ah, I don't know about that one. We read now in... Um, Joshua said the same thing. Choose this day whom you'll serve. He set a condition. There was no, you put them, just like Pastor Howard said, evangelism class, you put people in a, in a position at outreach to choose, to make a choice, to make a decision. And that's what people don't like because then it puts them in a, a place where they're in their condition. They set the way and the course for how they want to live. And now they've altered that by somebody coming and confronting them and saying, well, what about God's way? Have you considered God's way? And so we look at that, it's, it's amazing. When Jesus told um, the man, he said, he said, follow me. And the man said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus' response, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Another example, the man had a condition, but God said, God's condition was, come, follow me. But the man was so caught up in his own condition. And so we just have to be very careful here. You know, and I'll, I'll bring up kind of something a little personal um, situation of mine I, I was this was back in 2014 I had two um, co-workers get killed and one of them we were getting ready to leave to come back home we were kind of on a on a trip out of town and we had to get on a bus to go to the airport and I remember stepping on the bus um, and, and putting my foot on the bus to get on the bus and Holy Ghost told me, go say goodbye to your coworker. And so I, I look back, I can see him here, the bus, if this was the bus here, I can look and see him. 
And I was like, ah, do I need to? Like, I'm going to see him in two months. Like, that's what I thought in my head. But I didn't. That was Thursday, and he got killed Sunday. And um, that was tough. That was tough on me. Why? Because Sunday to Wednesday, I blamed God for his death. I mean, straight up, just like, why? Because God knew he was going to die. Why did God know he was going to die? Because he said, go say goodbye to him. There was another coworker over behind the bus. I didn't say goodbye to him. I just waved at him. He's like, all right, Ryan, see you. See you in two months. Yeah, I'll see you in two months. And I was at peace with that. This guy went and shook his hand. Hey, we'll see you in a couple of months. He, and he said, he's like, yeah, take care of everything for me while I'm gone. Didn't know how prophetic that was until Sunday. And when, when I heard that there were some individuals that passed away, I was like, hmm. It was just something in my spirit was like, I bet that was him. Just because God already kind of told me. So anyway, I was at um, midweek service Wednesday. I can kind of tell you, I, I mean, I could take you to the exact GPS coordination of where this was and, and show you. After three days of like, why God, why God, why God, the Lord spoke to me very clearly that midweek service. I was on my knees just crying. Just, just, I was really close to these coworkers, um, and he spoke to me. He said, just because I knew he was going to die doesn't mean I killed him. Just because I knew he was going to die doesn't mean I killed him. And when he said that, I knew I'd, I had angered God. I knew that there was, there was anger there, there was grief there. But at the same time, there was this peace. And there was this peace because I realized, like, wow, God, like, you didn't have anything to do with this. Just because you knew it didn't mean that it happened. But there's so many situations in the Word of God like that where we can get even on outreach or with coworkers, and they'll say, yeah, well, if God's a good God, if God is a God you, that he says he is, why did X, Y, Z, blah, 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 we see it, we live it, we go through it. And we see that, that God in his sovereignty, he can't speak to all of us. Imagine having just 30 kids. Imagine just 30 kids. And you're like, all right, let's see, you, you do this, and then you, you got this rule, and then, okay, what are we going to do for you? No, it'd be, it'd be disastrous. Just 30 kids, seven kids probably, four kids, I'm sure. So imagine that. You have to set the same standard for all your kids. And then when God does something, it's like, well, God, why I don't like that standard? When man doesn't like his condition, then, then it's an issue. Well, how, if you had as many children as God had, pretty sure you'd have to set the same condition. I'm pretty sure it would be a, very difficult to be like, see, for you, let's see. Some. So we look at that. We look in the, the word of God with Uzzah. David was mad when the guy, when the Ark of the, so the Ark of the Covenant. God said in, in the book of Numbers, he said, don't, don't touch the Ark of the Covenant. Don't touch anything holy. Oh, boy, he was trying to help out. You know, the Ark of the Covenant was falling. I'll help it. I'll get it. No worries. And Uzzah was like, ah, I'll, I'll save it. And he died. David was mad at that, angry with God that he got killed. Well, God wasn't like, man, I hope Uzzah touches it. Man, I, I can't stand him. I hope that guy, I hope that guy does it. I can't stand him. If there's one person that's going to touch the Ark of the Covenant, I hope it's him. That's not God. That's not God. He doesn't, he doesn't operate like that. God's not looking at us like, okay, well, Ryan, I'll heal him. But, I, you know, Pastor Howard, nah, I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't, he doesn't work like that. Why? Because the, the word of the Lord is always going to go forth. It's like, it, it won't come back void. I think Isaiah 55, 11. When it goes forth, he speaks it. So it's going to happen. He, he set the same tone for all of us. That's God's conditions. And so just encourage us to remember that. Finally, we'll look at the world's conditions. So we know the world has, ugh, 
Uh, yeah, the world has conditions for sure. You know, even unbelievers in the world look around and like, man, the world's conditions. Ugh. They don't even like the world's conditions, some of them. And yet, you know, we're taught as, as in the covenant, in that blood covenant of Jesus Christ, we're taught to hate the world, love not the world and the things in the world. And yet you have unbelievers that are outside of God's covenant that are like, man, oh, this world, can we do something about this? And we're like, we're trying to tell y'all, you know, we're trying to let y'all know not to put your trust in it. Or we're trying to tell y'all that if my people who are called by my name will humble them, we're trying to get you on the right side of the team here. You're over in darkness. We're trying to get you in the light. But we see that the prince of this world can just cause issues sometimes in our minds because of the world. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but, it is, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Forever. Amen. I'm thankful for, um, for what Pastor preached on this morning on prayer and it Really, it wasn't anything I was planning on thinking about, but it made me think about a time in prayer where I was just kind of spending time, and I, I just made what I thought was a joke with the Lord, and he didn't find it funny um, at all. But I was like, well, Lord, at least I didn't flood the earth, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah, he didn't like that at all. Um, but But he wasn't so much angry as I could feel the heart of God I could feel the heart of God and he told me he's like I didn't want to do it we're talking about God's unconditional love tonight God's unconditional love and man has so many conditions so many conditions that we put on on ourselves even before salvation and then we get saved and then we want more conditions ugh why? But he said, I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to destroy the earth. I mean, that's how bad it was. And we look as we approach what we, we are supposed to be in, like the days of Noah, and, and, and God is going to look and say, I don't know that this is necessarily. I mean, we know he has an ultimate plan. We know the, the world is going to be rolled up like a scroll. We know that there's hope in eternity far beyond this earth. But at the same time, he understands what we're in. He understands what we're up against. And it's very imperative that we look at what God's conditions say, what God's conditions say in the Bible, what, what he's asking us to do, things that he's asking us that seem like a sacrifice. The children of Israel had to make a sacrifice because their lives depended on it. Sometimes our, our sacrifices, I mean, like, like Ricky said, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the labor is a few. That was like a common theme in, in the tithe and offering, and, and that's a sacrifice. It's certainly a sacrifice, and it's something we look at and are like, well, that's God's condition. Yeah, but that's God's unconditional love for us, that we sacrifice for something better, something in the future that's far beyond this world, far beyond the stuff that we have, God's unconditional love. And we could be so hoodwinked to listen to our coworkers, listen to the world, listen to, to people and their other gods, the, the ones that just think they know it all, or people who've been through bad experiences. Outreach can be a time where you're like, man, I'm going to do something for God, and you leave there like, like, John, um, like Peter did, like I'm going fishing, you know? 
Like, literally, I'm going fishing. Peter was like, I'm going fishing because I'm going back to doing what I was doing before because this Jesus, following Jesus stuff is obviously done. P- Peter said, I'm going fishing. <laughs> Sometimes that's how, how it is on outreach. You're listening to people, and you're like, man, I'm just, I'm just going to go fishing. Like, this, literally, I'm just going to go fishing. Like, why am I out here? But I'll tell you, every time, like the last three weeks going on outreach, every time on the way there, even before leaving the house, the enemy will speak to me and he'll say, don't go. There's enough people. There's enough other people that can outreach. Don't worry about it. And then when I get in the car and I'm on the way here, he's like, there ain't that many people that have been coming to church anyway. You get 20 contacts. There's only two people that come. It ain't that big a deal if you outreach. That's the, that's the kind of things that are said. But then there's that, there's that person there that you look at on the other side that God is, is moved in in compassion with that unconditional love towards that, that he knows somebody like you and I that that he knows that that's what they need regardless of the decisions they make because on the other side of that door is somebody that says no I'll serve God when I get out of the military or I don't want to do that we've had people just recently two weeks ago there was a lady she didn't want to pray because she was she just got done drinking and we just encourage her, like, hey, when Jesus comes into your heart, he remodels your whole house. He ain't worried about the beer in the fridge or whatever. Like, like in here, he'll, re- he'll remodel your whole home. But it, she just couldn't get past that because that, a condition, the condition of her heart was faced towards the idea that she can't let that go. That's God's condition in her mind. And in her condition of wanting to continue in sin, she just couldn't do that. But there's people on the other side that need us. Sacrifices are very difficult, (laughs) um, but they're very needed. And most people, when they make sacrifices, that's when it gets tough. Nobody really complains too much about making sacrifices um, on the other end of it. Nobody's really like, man, I I really wish I could go to outreach five or six times a week, but pastor says I can only go once. (laughs) Nobody, I never hear anybody really say that. Nobody really says that. Nobody says, like, man, I really wanted to, to put more in the offering plate, but pastor just cut me off. You know, <laughs> nobody says that. So sacrifices are hard, and you're, there's a common theme when it comes to making sacrifices. But as, as we see, um, this, this is so important. There's people like Thomas that Jesus can reach, and he met him under his condition. There's people out here in our town and in our, in our community, they're in their man's condition. They're, they're in their own condition, whatever that condition is. And Jesus is going to use me and you to pull them out of that condition that they're in. And I'm lo- so looking forward to Ray coming up here next. And I know Ray is looking forward to Ray coming up here. But I thank you all for your time. Amen. Amen.